a nice label can really set you over the edge. Yeah, even if it's a shitty beer, if it has a nice label, I'm like, well, it had a nice label. Oh my god, that's why I like Montuckies. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally, with a global perspective, and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains and transit, adventures and, li- adventures and life hacks. I don't know why I stuttered right there. And today, Emily and RJ... Dang, I missed that pose. (laughs) Emily and RJ take pictures of us while we talk. (laughs) But also bike loudly. That's right. We've got um, our representatives, new representatives for Bike Loud in the studio this evening. And we're going to be talking about uh, cycling, Portland, infrastructure, biking in general. I know I said it twice, but it's that important. I just rephrased it. Well, there's there's cycling and then there's biking. And I'm sure there's a difference. And that will all be made clear after today. Yes, that it will. Um, And about Bike Loud's involvement in the city and uh, just sort of the landscape that is bike activism over the past five years. So, Emily and RJ, thank you so much for coming on for the show today. Thank you. It's awesome to be here, as always. Yeah. Good to see you again. Emily, this is your (gasps) third? It's my third time. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't stop me from getting a little lost on the way over here. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. (laughs) But we made it. It's dark out. Yeah, you know? yeah. We're, I'm, we're I'm blaming the, the rain and the, you know, the leaves. I'm disorienting. Yeah. Where yeah. am I? Where yep. am I? Yep. Change of the season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, thanks so much for having us yes. on. Really, really thrilled to be here. Uh, my name is RJ, uh, for those who may not recognize my voice. So, hi. As <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, do, would uh, each of you mind telling us uh, maybe how you That's got involved with Bike Loud and how long you've been? Sort of what got you interested in that organization? And then preceding that, maybe what is Bike Loud? Oh, okay. Well, I w- uh, Bike Loud is um, we empower people to make biking better in Portland uh, through grassroots advocacy campaigns. And um, I got involved um, when it started in 2014 um so we just had our five-year anniversary and so i went to the first one and i was um, very frustrated with um just like my daily ride every day and uh and i decided instead of maybe like angrily venting to my then boyfriend um after i got work caught off work and being stressed out maybe i should uh make my anger more productive and uh, make things better. So that's that's how I got involved. Nice. And uh, Bike Loud uh, was something that uh, was certainly on my radar uh, for quite some time. I moved to Portland about uh, five years ago and kind of saw uh, a little bit of what was going on within uh, bike activism, but um, was more kind of bike curious for the longest time and then um, started riding more regularly and um, ended up uh, somehow learning um more about it through um essentially like the mixture of transportation and uh especially the 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 freeway fight um kind of seeing uh how folks were coming out uh strongly uh for that and um was really really impressed with the organization and uh really impressed with all the folks uh within bike loud honestly that's the the best thing about it is the people um 
and I'm I'm just uh, really thrilled to be a part of the organization and um, also the new co-chair um, within nice uh, yeah, yeah within the organization. So we're we're um, uh, changing some of the positions around. Uh, Emily is uh, now our marketing coordinator. I was I was the co-chair for about four years and I just recently stepped down. So yeah, so now I'm just doing marketing things, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, not having to juggle all the things. Yes, only some of the things. <laughs> only, only two things or few. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the um, the organization just uh, celebrated its 50 year anniversary on Friday. Yeah. Uh, we had a nice uh, party there at the Lucky Lab Northwest. Um, really great turnout there. Um, and uh, to kind of give a little bit of uh, background about um, what we've done over the last five years, um, maybe Emily, you can kind of give us a little bit of a backstory there. Um, oh, sure. Um, so like I said, we started in 2014 and, uh, one of the first big projects that we took on and protested about was, um, uh, uh, Clinton street, yeah. which is a major greenway. Actually one yeah. of the first greenways in Portland. I don't know if you all know this, 1996, but I think it was no mid eighties. Was it really? Whoa. Oh, shoot. Yeah. It's as old as I am. Okay. That's when it, um, salmon, Tillamook and Clinton. And I think there might be one or two more, but those are the original, um, like greenways. Um, like, like, and when I say greenway in Portland, parlance a neighborhood greenway that used to be called bike boulevards um but now a neighborhood greenway is like a uh, neighborhood street um or route and it's use it has um some traffic calming elements so like maybe some diverters or other things to keep um, car traffic on it and biking and walking is prioritized and it will often have like um some bioswales with vegetation and such. And so that's what, and there'll be, um, Shero's marking the way that you go. So that's what it means in Portland. I know that other places, a greenway is something totally different. So, yeah. um, yeah, so that was, so our first big fight. So that was our first big fight because, um, uh, I just pointed it up. So, yeah. So, um, what happened was that uh, Division Street, which is uh, just up from Clinton, it was about to be torn up and traffic was going to be diverted onto Clinton Street uh, for the construction, which would have been a nightmare. Was this the Clinton Street super legal ride? Yes, this was one of, yes, that was one of the many protest yes. rides. Um there were I was a couple there. of people. I remember this. Awesome. Yeah, there were a couple of people that led them. It wasn't always like bike louders, but right. yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> they in, were really fun. If I remember, that particular event was interesting in that it was planned to be this this total traffic calming. You know, right. hey, put, you're gonna put your you're foot gonna put down at every stop yeah, sign. You're gonna like, put uh, automobile traffic on this otherwise bike. Uh, majority road right heavily used by people we're just going to make it inconvenient yeah. for people to drive here and i think was it Peabot ended up putting up some diverters around 20th or yeah. something so because of because we held a couple so we asked Peabot like you know this is this is ridiculous like don't put all this car traffic onto division like it sh- or don't onto put all Clinton. this car traffic onto Clinton sorry it should go down to Powell which is um 
you know, a multi-lane street, it can much better handle a lot of vehicle traffic. Um, also managed by the state versus yes, the city. Right, right. And so, um, so anyway, so we were basically like, look, Peabot, if you won't do this, we're going to keep protesting until you put the traffic onto POW. And so we were able to get it to diverted to POW and... Um, but there weren't, but Pivot then wasn't going to put any sort of temporary, like, um, uh, what would you call it? Like, like uh, to stop people from, like, driving on Clinton to cut yeah. through the neighborhood. They weren't going to put any, any barriers or yes, anything. Yes, yeah. thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, that's a good word. So we were like... So we so we fought for that, and uh, we were able to get that, and they put up temporary um, barriers on... Clinton at 26th Avenue, um, which is a big, a big street. And so that was like a huge, that was a huge thing. And so then we were able to get permanent diverters put in on Clinton Street after about a year of negotiating with the city and the um, neighborhoods and such. And so they're still there to this day. And one of the things, and maybe I'm misremembering this, but in regards to where sort of bike loud fits into that um, sort of spectrum of activism, I've always considered it to be sort of more of a shovel ready organization. <laughs> so much closer to immediate change to spark conversations and get things um, sort of in people's minds as opposed to more like legislative cycle change or that type of thing. Um, and yes. correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I can't remember if it was um, some frustrated residents on the street or such, but folks had kind of gone in and, and installed their own barriers initially. Oh man, that um, is, that and, was, and actually... I'm not attributing that to bike loud, but no, it, uh, it, it seemed was... like that was the sentiment. There was a bit of boil over <laughs> in that. <laughs> well, what happened, it was, it was actually a group. Um, a, it was a, a few people that, um, posed as bike loud oh no they mm. claimed credit for it but they used a bastardized version of our email address oh. to um were they spread the media and they were right they put up their own like gorilla <laughs> diverters right and so it, it was not actually people from bike loud it was mm-hmm. some other people who yeah who put those up and yeah, we they, never we did not actually do that. So they were like bike quiet, but with, <laughs> with the wrong email. Right, right. They were like you know bike loud with like bike ghost. Yeah, L O W D or something oh, like that. That's you hilarious. Know? Like a slightly off brand bike okay. loud. That's great. No. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I've been wondering for like five years where because I just never knew where that had settled. It's really <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it was not us. It always amazes me. Like people definitely think we did that, but okay. we can't we can't claim credit for that. Gotcha. Um, well, either way, uh, you've been doing a lot of work to sort of instrument those changes. Um, one of the things that we were talking about a little bit before the show, but wanted to get more into here was um, what does the sort of structure composition, what does the makeup of bike cloud look like and how does that all work together? Um, we did not have any sort of leadership for about the first year. And then in early 2015, um, myself and Ted Bueller were voted in as the first co-chairs. And so um, then Jessica Engelman joined us um, 
who's been on the podcast before. She joined us like, uh, I think about six months or so later. And so we just had three co-chairs for a while. Jessica stepped down. Katie Gould, who's still one of the co-chairs, um, stepped up. And so it's, but it was like really too much for just three people to take on. Like, it's basically like almost like having a full-time job, like running this thing. And it's just, you just can't, there's so much happening in Portland and like so much we want to do. We had to expand it, which is what RJ was talking about. Yeah. And uh, certainly the, um, the way that I think the organization is starting to grow is, is certainly more organically at this point. You know, we've really um, gotten individuals who are just excited to lead and start uh, working uh, closer with us. And um, so we've, we've now added uh, a direct action coordinator, um, a... Uh, events coordinator so that way we can host all sorts of fun events and that sort of thing and that way emily doesn't have to do uh, a bunch of event planning which i know i really don't like event a big a big uh, thorn in her side (laughs) um we we also have emily now as our our wonderful marketing coordinator we have a a web coordinator or coordinators actually um mark and lies which is great um yeah, and then uh, myself and Katie as uh, co-chairs, and so and we have an archivist and an uh, archivist, Edward, yeah, Edward as well. That's right. Because now we've got five years worth of stuff that has to be like cataloged properly, oh, yeah. you know, so we don't lose track. And the big reveal is that we now also have um, a neighborhood hubs coordinator, um, and so this is going to be um, kind of the next stage of Bike Cloud is also um, being able to have hubs within each of your neighborhoods, so that way you don't necessarily have to come to the general meeting in order to learn about all the ways that you can get involved in bicycle um, advocacy. Um, You can join your neighborhood hub and uh, that's a cool idea. Yeah. And so hopefully that also will um, give people an inlet into bike cloud that might be uh, a little bit intimidating uh, at first Um, as uh, Guthrie pointed out, you know, we do a lot of shovel ready sort of activism and, uh, understanding the ins and outs of city council and the way that the budgets work and the way that PBOT works on the inside um, honestly becomes uh, what uh, Emily was alluding oh God, to earlier. It's so about overwhelming. It just, took me like three years to learn all this stuff. And so that that level of um, learning curve um, is, is really challenging for anyone. Um, so we certainly don't want people to be turned off of activism by um, you know feeling like they have to suddenly learn every you know department and so on and so forth um and hopefully the neighborhood hubs can become that place where um, people can get that that foot in the door and it's also that the neighborhood hubs because we're like we're very much a portland focused advocacy group and so what the neighborhood hubs allow us to do is to be hyper local and really focused on like you know here's like a project you know like um there was a meeting last night and there we talked about like that uh, there's a study that Peabot's doing on uh, Southeast Woodward and that was, which is a greenway. And that was brought to us by one of our members who's on the like um, uh, neighborhood association. Um, and so it's like that kind of stuff that is like can fly under the radar. Like if, but, but because we have, um, because we have people like who are really local and on this stuff, then we can be aware of it and fight for it and make sure like we're getting um you know we're getting good stuff in and supporting it yeah what's the um criteria because i mean obviously resources are not 
infinite. Um, what does that process sort of look like in terms of prioritization? Is it um, oldest projects first or uh, just sort of like a mixture of, um, you know, maybe the way the cookie crumbles and you try to attack whatever's most effective during its given duration? We, you know, that's just, we should have like, we should make a, like a criteria matrix because we don't really have one. It's kind of, I think it's really like, because up until quite recently, it's been just three people handling all this stuff. It's been if someone else was willing to like take on and really champion an issue, Mm. then they, um, you know, we, we would pay more attention because there was someone like championing it and working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely like it meant that we focus more on sort of like bigger things. Yeah. So, and sometimes it was a little haphazard, mm. honestly. Well, I think championship too is a good way to go about things. Cause especially when you're doing it kind of on your own time, like it's, it's right. good to be invested, in, you know, right. you wouldn't want to not be. Uh, so the champion thing makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And what's fascinating, too, is um, when we we start to get into sort of this infrastructure and um, trying to negotiate with PBOT and other um, uh, city commissioners and so on, um, you know, a lot of it uh, actually comes down to what is um, politically possible, um, unfortunately. And so... <laughs> it really... Man. The, the, the fact is, is uh, most of our time and energy is actually spent, um, even within PBOT, um, basically developing political support for um, safety projects, for Vision Zero projects, um, for uh, anything related to essentially creating more space for, um, or I should say, uh, reallocating space in a way that uh, allows all modes to travel safely, not just one uh modal uh hierarchy that gets you know uh socially engineered upon us you're getting real jargony there rj i should probably (laughs) (laughs) it's cars it's cars it's all about the cars i'm sorry i'm catching most of what you're saying okay the systemic nature of a society that's based off of one mode of transportation exactly right right maybe at the skateboards yeah. Is that it? Is that it? That's the mode of transportation. What's that? In the parking lot? They're back Corey in a Poole's big here. way. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a news piece yeah, that Corey's um, gonna come running. We- <laughs> What'd you say about skateboards? <laughs> Hi, Corey. <laughs> um, we we do have a piece in our headlines that talks. Um, I guess there's a new term to learn, which is micromodality. Uh, oh, micro mobility. Mobility. There we go. What? Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll, <laughs> let, we'll get to that. But we'll you know, it kind of goes to towards um, <laughs> this uh, not bifurcation, but large uh, kind of. A, I feel like if if uh, modes were a Jurassic period or such, or, or like a. Uh, zoologic period it would be like here's the cambrian explosion of like there's scooters and there's like, like e-bikes and there's all this stuff like it's right, there's a right. lot of those things that feel like they're happening mm-hmm. uh, more so than just like one at a time that kind of like enters and then leaves the scene yeah that's a really good good way to put it i think the um the other term that i've heard is uh low impact transportation mm. so like uh lit is the kind of um uh, acronym there but uh, we've we've seen a couple of individuals champion the idea of instead of calling bike lanes bike lanes, uh, calling them lit lanes, low impact lane or low impact trans transportation lanes. And so you might be riding a scooter, you might be riding an e bike. You know, there's a lot of different, or you might be riding a skateboard. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of a powered skateboard too. I mean, the, those yeah. uh, boost boards are super popular. Um, yep. I've seen them zipping around. 
Um, so being able to accommodate all these different modes um, rather than uh, simply saying, no, we, we are forcing you into this one particular um, scenario. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, uh, Emily also uh, was uh, talking a little bit about Clinton, but um, I know that a lot of individuals and myself included actually uh, knew by cloud through the activism on division as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> the closing down I, of the lane. Yeah. yeah maybe yes. Emily, you can uh, share that story. Oh man. So that was, I mean, that, that was my neighborhood, by the way. I oh. lived there for several years. Yeah, I I live only like a mile from yeah. 82nd and Division, which is where we held this action. And I think this was in 2015 or 16. Um, and so it was the brainchild of our former co-chair, Jessica Engelman, because what happened is two people at that intersection died while crossing Division. And um, Division east of 82nd is extremely deadly it's a um, designated uh, by our PBOT as a high crash corridor which means many many crashes happen on it Um, it's I believe it was at that time it was about 35 miles an hour was the speed limit Um, it's four lanes like a skinny little bike lane I think it was 40 was it 40 I think it was at that time yeah I know it's been lowered it, yes, because yeah. we got it lowered. Oh, look at that! Yeah, and uh, so so what? So Jessica was, you know, and the two people that um, were struck by drivers and killed were immigrants. Um, they were both um, Chinese immigrants, and so she um, she was just really upset by this, of, of course. And you know, one of Bike Lot's thing is that we hold do hold a lot of memorials um, for people who have died on our streets because of traffic violence. And so she decided instead of holding a memorial, what we were going to do was to take um, a whole truckload of hay bales and dump them in Division Street and and um, block, essentially put. Um, like reallocate the lanes. So we would going to put, so it'd just be one travel lane um, in one direction, like in each direction. So it was, it was just going to be to like put it on um, what's known as a road diet where you decrease the number of car lanes. And because the slower that a car goes, the less likely you are to kill someone. Speed is a huge factor in many, many crashes. And, um, so we did it. It was completely unpermitted. Um, we had not notified anyone that we were doing this. We did pick a Sunday because, you know, we thought not during rush hour. It was, you know, less. We weren't looking to pick a fight. We were just really more like so upset about this and really wanted to make an impact. And so, you know, so we showed up with a bunch of people. Um, we put the hay bales like out literally in Division Street and um, we had a huge crowd, like, waving signs, saying, like, no more death on division, yeah. um, you know, talking to people. And it was like, wow. I mean, I was scared the whole time that something was. Really? I was absolutely terrified the whole time. Now, um, I know we talked about this when Jessica was on. Yeah. But one thing I don't think we we talked about was, yeah, just sort of from the inside, like, how how that looked. But also, I, if I remember correctly, there was a lot of community support behind this. Yeah, because, I mean, Division, the like, the folks in the neighborhood, 
They know division is not safe. Yeah. They know 80 yeah. seconds not safe. And, you know, division has, like, an extremely popular bus lane, bus line on it. And, like, trying to cross the street, like, a four-lane, um, trying to get across a four-lane street, with which has very few crossings, mm-hmm. like, safe crossings along it. It's just, like, I mean, we saw people, like, you have to make dangerous crossings to try to like yeah. get your bus or you have, even you get have across the, one, the street like, and there's pedestrian bridge yeah, that is right which like not great whenever you're putting in a pedestrian bridge it's a sign you've already failed right yeah like it's not a good thing um no one wants to go up and out of their way it also has the campus right there uh, right there's right pcc um southeast is right there mm-hmm. there's many businesses like a lot of them minority owned that are along that stretch um, you know, so yeah, so that's, that's what we did. And it was, um, I was the media liaison that day and it was, um, you know, we definitely like some people were very angry about it, but like we actually got a lot of people that were very supportive and it worked because we got the city to, um, thanks to the, the brilliance of lawyer, um, Alan Kessler, we got the city to use an emergency injunction to lower the speed, um, I think, down to 30 or 25. It's currently 30 there. Okay, so I think we got it lowered to 30. And um, we also, that action spurred the city to work on an outer division safety uh, program, which, you know, it's still like chugging along and some changes have been made they have lowered the speed limit permanently um there's a a sort of restriping plan in place to make things safer but you know it's really like it's taking a long time and you know people continue to be killed on outer division uh streets so we really uh you know it's just sort of like you're never done with this advocacy work Right. right right it always keeps going on that's um makes me think of there was an article talking about uh burnout in advocacy and i'm trying to remember emily wrote that yeah, yeah. i was gonna ask I was yeah. like, not to, <laughs> so would you mind um or would you it's be really willing? terribly written i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> read, read this like atrocious piece in bike cloud the other month no. um yeah I, I, I didn't want to like say it and be wrong but yeah i i got a lot out of that I'll say it to your face. Oh, um, so thank, oh, thank you, for you that. Guthrie. Yeah. Would you, would you be willing to talk a little bit about that? Like, I guess yes. in relation to your work with bike cloud and just generally um, like, you know, the, the sense of trying to do good, but also feeling like it takes a lot of you. Yeah. It's really, it's really hard um, because we're like this, the current, our current transportation system just so far favors vehicle movement to the exclusion of like every other like is prioritized in every way like i i work i didn't used to but i i currently work at a transportation planning and engineering firm and it's just you see it in like the modeling that's used there's no models to predict um for anything for transit or for biking and walking um they're all vehicle focused um there's just you know, it's just a, it's just you're, you're, when you're fighting, when you're doing bike advocacy or walking advocacy, you're fighting back against a huge machine that is very well funded and very uninterested in changing at all. And I mean, we're lucky, even, we're lucky to live in Portland. Like, we already have like a step up because a lot of our, the people who work at our 
Bureau of Transportation get it. You know, they bike and walk to work. They take transit. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of our, our elected officials get it or can be pressured to get it, um, which is not the case everywhere. So but yeah. even then, it's very um, it's really discouraging, you know, and you just um, I don't know, you just do you just sort of fight for the same small pieces over and over again and it gets really disheartening and um you know it's just like with the division stuff you just you're trying so hard all the time and you're making like really small changes and so it can just feel like what I'm you know I went through a point of like what am I even doing this for like this is not really like I'm not making a big transformative difference like I'm spending so much of my free time like doing this stuff and it's like for what Mm. so um and I was like really angry a lot of the time too because I would just as you just see like so much it's just so much injustice and just the same stuff going on and you're like why can't people get it like it's not hard and they're you know and it's uh, you know you just go and I don't know it's just uh it's just everything it just like it's just a lot and Hmm. just trying to run an organization where you're not getting paid for it. And, you know, and I felt I wasn't doing as good a job as I wanted to do. So that was kind of hard. And so that was one of the reasons that, um, I decided to step down and also help with the like reorganization that we needed more help. Um, because, it got to the point where I people would come to me with ideas and I'd be like, oh, don't you know how busy I am? I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I have like, a hard take time. your enthusiasm elsewhere because I don't have time. Don't, <laughs> like, you, I, don't you know how many pro- other projects I'm working on? And I was like, whoa. Oh, like You've been on the show only a couple times and I can't imagine you doing that somehow. <laughs> oh my God. Emma yeah, was like, much nicer than that. I mean, that was my inside reaction. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. You listen. You, you want to listen. You want to listen to the inside so that it, it doesn't. You, you know, if it, unless you want it to start to affect right, the outside right, too much. Right. Exactly. And I realized that was. I was just like, it's like, man, that's not good. Like these people are bringing. Like we want people to be enthusiastic mm-hmm. and excited and like mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. And I can't feel like squashing. You know, it's okay to like some. You know, sometimes you have to like sort of redirect people's dreams. You know, a little bit because they want to do something. You're like, well, we've already tried this, but what about this thing and so yeah. but like just squashing them outright is was not good and i was like man i am turning like super bitter and like really disengaged and there was a lot of times where i just like i was like ugh, i don't want to do this anymore like i just want to run away and ugh, this is awful mm-hmm. nothing's ever going to change yeah i mean burnout's tough yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's one of those things that just kind of creeps up on you i feel it's like so insidious yeah yeah you don't i mean in any aspect yeah you don't realize it until you're like you know yelling at <laughs> yelling in your mind at the person in front of you. <laughs> well it sounds like you're able yeah. to um face that and sort of take it with a head-on approach and make make yeah. the changes that were necessary well and the good news is when i was like writing that piece that's in bike loud i reached out to a bunch of other longtime activists and what was really comforting was that they were all intimately familiar with burnout they like none of them were like oh that's never happened to me everyone was like <laughs> oh yeah 
And they all. Oh had man, their... how disheartening would it have been? Oh my like, god, I would. Have... I don't. I'm not familiar with this. <laughs> what, what if they were like, I don't have time for that. That's a bad idea. I don't want that article. <laughs> An article like... about burnout. I'm way too burnout about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would have been very ironic. <laughs> but it, was, it was nice to get that. Uh... It, yeah, it was like such such um, affirmation, and they also had really good strategies for dealing with it. And I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Totally. So how are you feeling, RJ? You, you burned out yet? No, yeah. I, I'm. I'm personally yelling at people in your mind. Yeah. Really excited. Um, <laughs> I'm. I'm very, very. Give it a couple years. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm very optimistic about um, right on where where we're going as an organization. Um, I'm. I'm super optimistic, actually, about you know uh, the changes that we can make. Um, I think that uh, we have uh, a fantastic group of individuals behind us. Um, and honestly, I, I really do think that the conversation is really starting to change. I mean, I really do think that there is a sea change going on, um, talking about mobility, talking about, um, you know, all the related aspects to mobility, right? That, you know, mobility and transportation are not this, uh, you know, um, the system that exists in a vacuum, you know, it exists with, you know, housing affordability and it exists with, you know, parking reform and, and all these climate other things. change, and the climate crisis. I mean, it's, it's all connected in this way. Um, I was really heartened this morning. I went to the, um, uh, joint, uh, J pact. What does that oh, stand for? Oh, you went to the J pact meeting. Oh yeah. Oh my God. 7am. Oh, it was good stuff. Oh my God. That's so early. It, this is, it is extremely <laughs> nerdy. It is extremely, it's, it's a, one of those things where it's like, it's a lot of older, powerful people like sitting, sitting on a, on a committee controlling like a lot of big decisions that you, that as the ordinary public would never know that they're the ones making these decisions. Wait, so you met the Illuminati? There you go. I, I've, I've seen transpor- them. The transportation all Illuminati. Yep. <laughs> um, but in their human form. In their human form. Exactly. Uh, so Joint Policy Advisory Committee on Transportation. Oh, J-Pact. Like, are you not yeah. super pumped? Like, oh. so exciting. People, we're getting acronyms now. Joint Advisory Committee? Oh, oh yeah. my God. Who oh, my God. Love, Hold me back. Hold me committee. back. <laughs> Just wait. Transportation's yeah. full of acronyms yeah, and acronyms. Yeah. It's, oh yeah, mm, delicious. <laughs> I really like acronyms. <laughs> I'll be. You should go into transportation. I was gonna say you'd be perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. It's all. Don't it's, tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> but this morning, um, there were all these uh, brave eighth graders, um, all young women uh, from uh, Harriet Tubman Middle School, that were just calling out. Uh, Metro and oh my God, that's so the awesome. commissioners and the counselors and uh, state representatives and ODOT, which is really the, the, the Oregon Department of Transportation. Excuse me. Or the Oregon <laughs> DOT. Uh, so it begins. Exactly. Uh, on, on what was essentially uh, their, excuse me, uh, ODOT was trying to circumvent a process in order to essentially expand highways throughout Oregon. You know, they're trying to expand was this the environmental impact that they were trying to different, different scenario, actually. Ooh. So, uh, this is another acronym. It was about CBOSS. C-boss. There you go. The congestion bottleneck study, right. Mm-hmm. Or something along those lines. And initially there was CBOSS one, and now there is CBOS 2. Whoa. Exactly. The electric boogaloo? <laughs> I 
wish. That would be awesome. I wish it was that much fun. It is not. Uh, it is essentially a list of projects that would expand 205, 217, uh, 26. No! Exactly. Throughout, no! Throughout this is por- more than just the I-5 expansion. Exact- they found a backdoor You for should all be scared. And, and Holy crap. More importantly, uh, we should be asking ourselves, why are we taking this money that could be spent on infrastructure that would actually uh, have uh, a significant impact on the climate crisis? Yeah. And instead, we're doing the exact opposite, right? We're expanding we're highways. We're racing forward and we're creating just right. a bigger barreling crisis. right through and saying we're just going to fly past that 415 parts per million, uh, you know, uh, CO2. Uh, well, you know, the the commitment was in what 2025, right? Right. So, you know, so, six, or 2030. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's plenty so of far. So, right. it's plenty we've, got, of time. we've got plenty of time, right? You yeah. Know, yeah. We have less than 10 years, but, you know, we can do that, right? We so, can just keep expanding. Yeah. So, this is where, like, I take your piece about being burnt out, and I hear the news about, about this backdoor into expanding all these other highways, and I'm like, all right, screw it. We're done. Right? It's just, <laughs> We're toast it's, as a species. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. This is it. I'm I'm a total cynic from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And this, it's very, is, this is how it happens. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very easy to be cynical, but you have to remember that Portland fought this stuff back in the 70s, and we won. We won big. I mean, that's how we got the max lines. That's how we, we eventually got the urban growth boundary. And all these things that we love about how livable the city is yeah. was because of these hard-fought battles. So uh, the true enemy, then, is apathy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everyone that is... Guthrie brings it back. Sitting on your couch and becoming uh, jaded about how you can't do anything and this is impossible, I would uh, highly recommend you uh, subscribe to our newsletter, uh, subscribe.bikecloudpdx.org. You can uh, sign up there uh, and we will let you know about all sorts of uh, opportunities for you to testify to make sure that we uh, prevent this highway expansion and we make sure to get uh, bicycle projects and uh, vision zero safety projects and the like uh, instead. So, yeah, it's really, that was one of the things that um, I think I struggled with in the burnout too, is you're like, I'm just one person. Like I can't possibly make a difference, but you just got to try. Like, I feel, um, I mean, I don't know about you, RJ, but a lot of nights I wake up and I get really panicky about, um, the climate crisis. I like, I'm probably not one of the big reasons I'm probably not going to have kids is because of it. Um, because I don't want them to have to be, I, I feel like it's irresponsible myself personally. Like I'm not talking about other people's choices to, you know, bring a kid into whatever the world's going to be like. And, it can feel really hard. Well, and hard. the environmental impact that even bringing a kid into the world entails. Right. Is, right. Is something at least worth thinking about. Right. I, yeah. And it's just really, um, yeah, and it's hard. It's like I don't want a kid of mine to, like, go through that kind of stuff, you know? Um, yeah. And it can feel really um, like you're never going to make a difference. But at least, like, but you, my feeling has been, like, you got to do it. Like knowing that maybe it won't may like you just got to try like that's what you got to do. Like you're not going to be able to do everything, but you can do something. So at least like go out and do that something and feel, I don't know, at take, least rest a little easier that you did something take, instead of nothing. Take the opposite of the head and sand approach. 
right. regardless of what sand that head would go in. Right, right. Like like grab your grain of sand from the from the beach and and move it. And if everyone else also grabs a grain of sand, then we can really make some progress. So, oh yeah, it's my feeling. Dig it. Yeah. Um. So you you'd mentioned the website. Is there anywhere else that folks can find Bike Cloud? Sort of tune into. Um, <gasps> get uh inspiration and or chance to connect or network oh. into something cool happening here in town as as the marketing coordinator i would love <laughs> to talk about our social media <laughs> yes you can find us on twitter and instagram at bike loud pdx um our facebook is facebook.com backslash uh, bike loud pdx um our website, bikeloudpdx.org. Um, and there you can sign up for our Google group. Um, we also have a Facebook group, um, the Bike Loud PDX community that you can join. Awesome. Sweet. I want one more greatest hits and then some some future casting. Totally. Um, so yeah. I, I did want to um, mention also um, Emily... Uh, actually helped uh, me greatly this year in organizing the uh, New Orleans um, jazz funeral, um, which oh, we've okay. hosted now uh, for, I believe is this it's the third year, third year, three years running. Yeah. Um, and Mark, who is just a phenomenal uh, human being and yeah, Mark's honor mm-hmm, um, just uh, is, is so excitable. He's this uh, really, really charming guy from uh, down South. Who's uh, come to Portland to just bring us all, together in my view like, and i i should i feel like i should mention that he did his part in the clinton diverter saga he got um so now on 34th um avenue there is a one-way uh bike lane oh, and yeah. that was mark hmm. oh. mark mark canvas his whole street he lives on that street he canvassed everybody and he got them to take oh, away yeah. a line of parking and make it into um oh my gosh uh um what's known as a contraflow a, a contraflow that? bike lane where the um where cars can only go one way but bikes can go both ways right mm-hmm. so we have to shout that out to him what's Dang. uh what's contraflow stand for it's, it it's literally just uh, there you go sorry <laughs> 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 so <good>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the backronyms are so bad <laughs> cool um yeah any anything you're excited for rj on the horizon yeah um i mean i i I did mention the the neighborhood hubs um i think the other thing that we're um really looking forward to is just being uh, more involved in um other partnerships as well so um you know we're we've been longtime partners with um, the street trust um organ walks the community cycling center and um we honestly can't say enough good things about them they're they're really really fighting the good fight um, and so we're, we're really looking forward to, you know, uh, joining, um, a lot of other organizations and continuing to push for, um, some pretty massive changes in, here in Portland because we need them. Um, and we know that we're all stronger fighting this fight together. So yeah. right on. And to bring it back to something you said earlier, like it's all connected housing, Absolutely. affordability, yeah. you know, um, parking reform. Yeah. Parking reform, which doesn't oh, get clean, enough credit. No oh, clean man. air. Yes. Clean air. Yep. Yeah. Clean air, water. I'm not sure if folks saw that. Uh, the child, like like child independence, like kids being able to get places mm-hmm. by themselves. Because if the streets are safer, yeah, you're parents more likely to let your kid walk. Walk and bike and to school. Yeah. yeah. That's, 
Mm-hmm. Environmental justice is just a, a massive yeah. uh, aspect of, of yep. uh, this sort of system that we've set up to essentially pollute near um, black and brown neighborhoods yeah. um, and then proceed to uh, essentially allow everyone else to kind of shuttle their way right through those neighborhoods instead of you know, making them livable. Um, Tearing down those neighborhoods for highways. As we've done uh, here in Portland as well. Yep. Yep. Um so there's there's just a, a ton that this uh, this impacts, um, and so yeah, building building those coalitions, building um, uh, these partnerships, I think is just going to be so much more uh, critical, especially as we uh, face uh, the oncoming uh, crisis that we're we're kind of heading, as you mentioned, headlong into. Yeah. Um, so we got to stick together. Yep. As um, our co-chair Katie said at the party, you know, we need to be our own heroes. And I think that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. We can save ourselves. So that's, that's what we as an organization are aiming to do. And we're going to do it through bikes. Rock on. <laughs> Once again, that's subscribe.bikeloudpdx.org. <laughs> and check us out. I'm sorry. Is that subscribe at bikeloudpdx.org? No, it's subscribe.pdx.org. Or Sorry subscribe.bikeloudpdx.org so you just type that into the type HTML that into your window? little uh your your little uh, computer box there uh, see, suddenly is this it, on the RJ? fm or the am dial <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly boom curveball thrown <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say that rj used to be an engineer and another a software engineer in a different life and right? i um am not is it is it uh, https s- two or three i mean what, what are we talking <laughs> oh, no! about oh no! oh no this is a whole nother podcast i'm sorry you turned into uh <laughs> What were we saying right. that acronym? Let's get, <laughs> let's get back to the actual subscribe dot <laughs> bikeloudpdx.org. Yeah. Cool. Um, Emily and RJ, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having us on. We yeah. have listeners trying to go, I want to contact them. Stop joking around. <laughs> There's a pause button. <laughs> Fast forward 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Back, back. Cool. Um, would you like to join us for our news and headlines? Um, that would be delightful. Awesome. I think we have. A, I feel like we have a lot of very relevant things um, within that. So oh my I'm, gosh. I'm glad. I'm yes. so excited. Please, you're able to stay. your your input, comments, and even snide remarks <gasps> are. I love comments much appreciated. and snide remarks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally a movie commentator. Are you really? Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. My um, boyfriend gets really mad at me because he does not like talking during movies, and I'm always like, oh, "Did you see that?" Oh. <laughs> so we're we're working on a compromise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, movies are fun. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I love, I love, I love, I love. Don't don't ever use that. Don't worry, Tim. We'll continue. We still to use do. It. Oh yeah, <laughs> just so we can hear your voice. Hey, each and week. and speaking of Tim Mooney, there was a there was a a crossover of sorts episode of the Pedal Shift podcast or the mm-hmm. Pedal Shift project, I should call it, um, hosted by Tim Mooney. Uh, there is a special guest on an upcoming episode what what uh, who could it be neither of us <laughs> that's true but i'll bet you can guess the third person 
Uh, yep. The second Thursday of every month is the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The first Friday of every month, the San Francisco Bike Party. The second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month is the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also, also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. The last Friday of every month is the Baltimore Bike Party. And the first Saturday of every month is the Civil Unrest Ride. And every second Sunday of every month here in Portland is the Corvidi Bike Club Ride. Ka-ka-ka! And they just f- had their costume contest in the last ride. Oh, the nice. Costumes I saw that. were amazing. Oh, man. Did, were they... Were they crow themed no not necessarily oh. i don't think there was a single crow actually i did okay. see a dinosaur make yes. an appearance yes <laughs> <laughs> the ancestor of a crow <laughs> uh upcoming filmed by bike tour dates are coos bay oregon november 2nd Ak- akron ohio november 3rd Keep it real akron pittsburgh pennsylvania november 20th ashland oregon december 4th and seattle washington february 28th it's coming to pittsburgh Yes. Oh my it's, gosh. It's actually coming to Pittsburgh twice. Wow. Uh, the the second Pittsburgh date was um a little bit after February and I debated oh. about putting I should just put it on. <laughs> but I was like, Pittsburgh twice. You gotta build wow. the hype, Guthrie. It's true. Well I wanna you know, you have to feed these things slowly so that you can it's keep true. your hyped, anticipation. Hyped, but not too hyped. Exactly. Yeah. It's well, like a you would know as the you. social media. Yeah. I, I get you. I get you. <laughs> um yeah. And uh now well, for Oh, you're good. I was going to say, while we're queuing up our headlines, I would like to give thanks, as always, to... The Beermongers on Southeast Division in 12th. Thank you so much. Today, cheers, everybody. I am drinking, and I feel like it today, a Heroes Blend by Lionheart. Yeah. Yarr. I I went, shoot, I went pyro with that. Uh, Samuel Smith's (laughs) Organic Chocolate Stout is the drink which I am having. I'm enjoying a delicious uh, milk stout nitro from Left Hand Brewing Company. And I feel like this beer is way too on the nose. I'm uh, drinking a level beer, pale to the people. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> With a great label, I might add. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. so thanks, as always, to the beer mongers uh, for supporting the show and to our generous listeners and Patreon supporters. Thank you for helping make this possible. From executive producer Brock Dittus, there's nothing controversial about bike lanes. There isn't? Apparently not. Uh, this is. There should not be anything controversial <laughs> about bike lanes, I agree. There's an uh, article from Outside Magazine with a writer that many in the bike community will be familiar with. The oh, Bike Snob, ah, Evan Weiss. I just saw that. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about here in America, we take it for granted that the bicycle is a form of alternative transportation. For this reason, we also automatically accept that bike lanes and similar projects are, as the media often terms them, controversial and should be subject to lengthy debate before we implement them. If we implement them at all. I mean, hey, we've got to think long and hard about before we take space away from cars and cede it to the tiny minority of people who ride bikes, right? Um, And the article goes on talking, Portland gets a nice reference um, to our declining bicycle mode share. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just kind of that. um, Shots fired. I think the, the... 
uh, article captures more of that sentiment of like, sometimes you, you wake up in the morning and you say, wait, is this even radical anymore? Like, shouldn't this just be like, shouldn't it just bike be normal? Just be, yeah. I mean, there's literally thousands of people that ride their bikes to work <clears throat> and to get groceries and to take their kids places in Portland and, uh, the apocalypse hasn't happened yet. So. It's true. There was an interesting stat from the article um, stating that over 40% of Americans say that they want physically separated infrastructure before they'd feel comfortable riding. Uh, but 50% and 50% of people who cycle are worried they'll be hit by a car. And yep. I would rephrase that to say driver, but um, yeah. that's semantics. I feel like that's a low estimate. Yeah. That, found, that only found 50%. By Evan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there's definitely, there's definitely, I think, we were kind of talking about that, right? Um, in addition to micro mobility, uh, which we'll get into with another news article that we have on the slate, just kind of that, like, uh, I would even just call it for lack of, uh, eating my words, like common sense infrastructure. Like we have figured out that this yeah. grand experiment has failed. Like cars are fine and dandy for many purposes, but getting people in dense urban environments uh, safely from A to B is not one of them. Nope. And I think that you were talking about sort of that sea change, RJ, Um, in uh, maybe at 2019 circa more people being open to buying into that than in previous years. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I mean, I think that you can also look at just the way that um, car uh, ownership is also... Um, really just this ball and chain for most individuals, right? You know, it's um, the second highest cost of most households is transportation. Um, The fact that we're seeing increased uh, numbers of individuals defaulting on their car loans, uh, right? So, and they're buying larger and larger vehicles with those car loans that are... uh, That they are subsequently defaulting on? That they're subsequently defaulting on, right? And so... What uh, I think we we can safely say is uh, if we build a system where we insist that you must be this tall to ride this ride, right, what are we really uh, achieving there? Um, and unfortunately, uh, the way that uh, the public uh, outreach goes for most of these public or most of these uh, bike lane projects is completely broken. Uh, and I think oh you can look, yeah. I think if, if uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the war on cars podcast, which did a great series on public, uh, um, meetings and just how, you know, gathering a bunch of people in a church basement at 7 PM to talk about bike lanes. Sorry. You're just going to end up with a brawl. I mean, it's just going to yeah. be brutal and everyone is going to come there with their position already staked out and they just want to fight. I mean, that's, that's really all it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to really start to think about how do we, how do we look at um, sort of moving forward on these projects uh, in a way that uh, actually shows what this project is going to do to your community rather than just this hypothetical, you're taking away my parking. Uh, well, I would say more, it's not just what it's going to do, but it's how it's going to help your community. Right. Right. And I, I'm very, very encouraged at the idea of more communities looking at, and Akron included, um, uh, looking at pilot projects, um, looking at pilots as public process, which is a very, very uh, different way than most planners operate nowadays. You know, they go through the public process period of trying to get, gather everyone's opinion um, and then proceed to essentially uh, try and just meet the bare minimum. Whereas I think that 
Um, if you got the community involved, you did a block party. Um, we had a, a, a member of Bike Loud do that over the summer where essentially... The 7th Avenue Bike Party? The 7th block Avenue party. Bike Party. Kyle uh, was yeah. really, really phenomenal in, in doing that. And uh, I, I hope you have him and on the a, pod at some point. Yeah, um, and it's like a temporary thing. It's not like right. that's what the pilots are. They're temporary. They don't last forever. And you can make changes as you go, if you, you know, if you're like, hey, this isn't working out, like you can change something to make it work better. And and then the change doesn't become so scary to people, right? Because they can see it, they can move through it, they can uh, witness it. And more importantly, you also get the individuals commenting on it and seeing it that don't necessarily have time at 7pm on a weekday to be able to come out, right? That mm-hmm. either can't uh, find childcare or uh, quite frankly, don't even know that the project is happening. You know, there's uh, just quite a bit of times where, you know, I don't know that Peabot is uh, planning this or my Department of Transportation is is doing this. And uh, so I think mm-hmm. that there's, there's a, a huge opportunity in us using pilots as um, uh, public outreach and as um, a chance to, to gather public input. The other group that does a really great job of this, um, Better Block PDX mm-hmm. and yes. Better Block in general. I just thanks uh, Ryan. Yeah, they're I tremendous. I can't. I can't thank them enough for especially better NATO and uh, uh, all all of the better the, Broadway is actually one of my favorite projects of theirs. I know, me too. So I, fun. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I I yeah, I live on Broadway the, and I, uh, I the would transit love to have, islands they created. Right. Oh, those, I want to see so many of those all over the city. Yep. Anyway. Yep. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, but but certainly uh, it also gives this opportunity to suddenly realize the street as something different than just for cars, right? Mm-hmm. It gives you yeah. this opportunity to see, I mean, it's something crazy like a third or more of our uh, public space is essentially streets, right, uh, in, in uh, most cities. Uh, and so, you know, what are we doing with all that public space, right? We're, we're using it for private car storage and for, for individuals uh, to quickly move through your neighborhood. And what do you know, you know, that that might be a form of social engineering in a way, right? You know, so that's my take on More it. More like least. anti-social engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's getting it. Emily's yeah. getting it. It's true. Well, you'll appreciate this next yes. headline. Pop for- quiz, RJ. You ready? Oh, we don't have oh, to put boy. him on the spot. Let's take up. Let's take up. <laughs> this Do came it. from this came from Nacto. <gasps> I love Nacto. Oh, otherwise so such a fan we're, big, girl. we're big fans. <laughs> so you, fan you already girl. know what Nacto stands for. Oh, the, the National the, Association of City Transportation. Oh, uh, oh, what's the uh, uh, officials? Officials. Yeah. Oh. What? Oh, see, I had it typed out. We didn't even need it today. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> There's another acronym for you. Oh, see, we're, we're getting in the acronym soup up here. Um, releases version two of the shared micro mobility guidelines. Um, so these are guidelines which the National Association of City Transportation Officials uh, is looking towards adopting or at least defining um, sort of in relation to what we were talking about earlier about the stratification or, or maybe like accumulation of different modes of um, transit or mobility that people have within city streets circa 2019. So this includes uh, scooters, uh, e-bikes, regular bikes, um, yeah. skateboards, boosted boards, everything in between. Sure. Uh, but it's, it's what I got from this is it's interesting to see, you know, at the um, national slash uh, level that uh, there, like, there's this sense of ooh, this this is happening. Ah, this maybe we should pay attention to this. There's there's this thing that's yeah. going on, um, and and let's focus in a little bit 
more on that. Um, so this is the version two of the uh, study, which is available online. And the study is essentially broken into two parts, um, sort of the, um, the, the, the ideal or the perceived and then the actuality of sort of the context in which those mode shares exist at present. Um, and it's a pretty interesting read, um, good old 70 pages worth as you would expect from Macto. <laughs> no, nah, um, it's but only really, 56. Oh, it's 56? Yeah. There Although you go. I, will, I will say... <laughs> 70, Na- 70 was version one. <laughs> Na- Nacto stuff is always beautifully designed yeah. and like really easy to read. So it's not just, it's not like, you know however many pages you said of like text oh no yeah, <laughs> many totally. pictures and diagrams. lots of pretty pictures and i yes. didn't mean to give that impression either um <laughs> <laughs> they they put out they, they have some good um yeah they make it they make it very palatable yes uh, it's yes. a good it's a good gateway drug it's worth transit. noting just in my quick perusal of these 56 pages i've seen tons of pictures of bike share mm. city bike um, what is it? Capital bike was in there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, the DC one. What's the one in St. Louis? I don't Oof. know. I didn't know St. Louis had one. Well, or wow. maybe it's just a bunch of people on the same bike in St. Louis, but the arch is in the background. So I at least know That's where it Louis. is. That's St. Louis. I mean, oh, no, they're on scooters. Never mind. Yeah. Bike share is really interesting. Cause it's a, a, um, obviously for, for certain cities, they've essentially, uh, created their own public network. Mm-hmm. And then others, they've basically said, we're going to have, you know, these private uh, entities come in and drop them all off and be dockless and so on. Mm-hmm. Any uh, any thoughts there? Yes. In fact, there's a new dar- news article that also covers those thoughts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course. So timely. I'm, I'm killing it for notes today. Um, so, so I just seamless to, transition. To cover the general, well, almost <laughs> seamless. I wanted to cover the general provisions of yes, the NACTO guidelines, and then we can move into the other. Um, but yes, I do have thoughts about that, and it pertains to data. Um, so best practice, practice recommendations, shared micromobility services should only be allowed to operate in the public right of way with legal permission, e.g. license permit contract from other city or relevant local governments, cities. And this is something that, uh, gosh, was there like a, I need to think of the podcast that had it, but there was a forum in San Francisco that covered like wave one of like vehicles just being dropped on streets without city oversight. I think where version two of NACTO comes in is really giving some teeth to cities to say like nope these are still like streets controlled by the city um and so it says the city should reserve the right to terminate permits at any time for due cause including causes not specified in the regulatory argument and require that the operator remove their entire fleet of vehicles from city streets limit the number of companies operating (laughs) yeah well we'll get into lift as well we've Um, come a long way from those days yeah (laughs) (laughs) limit the number of companies operating um Limit the number of vehicles that any individual company can deploy on a per-permit basis. Prohibit specific companies, this is the one um, that I get into, uh, from operating on the public right-of-way based on conduct or prior conduct, e.g. if a company deploys equipment prior to applying for a permit, license, or contract. Also, we're weird. Or or (laughs) fails to comply with a permit contract or license terms. Um, Limits to durations and then also uh, requirements for operators to provide written notice before ceasing operations. So, um, yeah, just kind of like, you know, this is a new thing. And uh, NACTO's setting out some general guidelines uh, that, that are trying to make sense of everything in the context of having livable cities. What's kind of interesting there, too, is um, I know that there's uh, a constant struggle at this point amongst city officials um, and these uh, micromobility companies around essentially getting people to actually use the public right of way. 
right? And what they're really talking about is uh, the street, right? They mm-hmm. want people off of riding on the sidewalk. Yeah. And this is, this is of course... And why are, um, and why are they riding on the sidewalk? Chicken because they don't feel safe riding <laughs> in the street. Because there's no protected... There's not yeah. enough protected right. bike lanes. Right. And, and uh, unfortunately, I think um, there's, there's really... Uh, a, a lack of will on behalf of the uh, companies to also start getting uh, into the game of, of advocacy as well. Um, I, I do think that they hmm. have a role to play. Hmm. Um, some companies are better about it than others, um, but I, I do think that um, they themselves also need to recognize that not only do they need to obviously play by the rules, but um, I would really, really encourage them to um, you know, continue to, to essentially get involved in, in this activist fight for essentially streets for all modes. You know, it's uh, sort of a corporate responsibility in well, a sense. Cer- certainly, I mean, it'll affect their bottom line too. So, I mean, that's the other part, you know, is it really, I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's part of the, the, the model itself. I actually think it goes beyond just the corporate social responsibility aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I would hope that they, they would also recognize that they have uh, a responsibility to uh, once they start looking at ways to deploy their scooters uh, or their mo- mobility devices that they look at equity and they look at the ways in which previous um, sort of built uh, development patterns have impacted the uh, the cities that they're deploying in and, and w- look at ways to essentially increase mobility options where people don't have any, right? Because mm-hmm. that's uh, a huge opportunity for them. Um, but it may not be the most profitable opportunity, of course, right? Portland does a really great job in forcing uh, the uh, mobility operators here to deploy a certain number of scooters uh, east of 82nd, essentially, yep. Yep. Um, which for folks who don't know uh, is where we have uh, the most diversity in Portland, uh, both in terms of income as well as also in terms of race. Um, and so that is... Uh, one way in which uh, we are insisting that the the scooter companies essentially take equity into account. Yeah, but, totally. I, I would also say that I'm, um, you know, I'm kind of leery also about all the uh, micro mobility stuff or like, um, you know, letting private corporations run them because you know, um, recently uh, Reach Now and Cardigo um, they've pulled out of Portland, and so. Um, you know, I was a Reach Now member and I joined Car to Go like a month ago. Oh no! (laughs) I've never even taken a ride and it was like really disappointing that, you know, now these options are taken away from me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you also want to, I don't know, it's not like, I'm not saying like we need to give them a corporate handout, but you know, maybe like it's not like private companies are not always the right way to go about solving those mobility issues. Also, you know, yeah, they're th- not they're not going to do things out of the goodness of their heart. I feel like that conversation is also happening in, in like a very broad context right now. Like we um, what this reminds me of is uh, advances that are being implemented right now in regards to Internet access in Portland and uh, municipal oh. broadband PDX where you know, in, in terms of internet contracts, um, you don't really have 
choice. You have the illusion of choice. Oh my god! And right, but it's like terrible. It's like Comcast or like CenturyLink. Yeah, and, and they're both terrible. If you don't like it, pack sand. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. So municipal broadband PDX is a group that originally was trying to work with the city, got a bit cold shouldered, and then found a boon in actually working with the county to um, do a general feasibility study for actual municipal oh. broadband. And so the conversation I guess I'm talking about is. Um, in the society or in the context of society, having periods in which certain ideas and ways of um, implementing them are more popular or less popular. And I feel like things are um, very well tilted in one direction, but we've had both over the last hundred years within the United States. And maybe some of those with, you know, a given change of events can be sort of tipping back in a different direction, more Mm. towards, um, you know, services as a form of government uh, right it, like, or at least like you're in saying more, more places. Pub- publicly rather than privately owned correct mm-hmm. um it, it, more so maybe rather than less so in the past like 40 years or something like that gotcha if if there's the will for it yeah i think i mean i mean God, if i had a if i had a public option for internet that would be amazing <laughs> yeah if i could pay 10 bucks a month for gigabit fiber sign I mean, me up yeah Absolutely. like it's and and you know that it would be you wouldn't have to depend on the whims of Comcast or CenturyLink. Like yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing. Private companies can just up and disappear. Yeah. So with, with the micro mobility, um, totally like bringing it bringing it back. Into, that was me waving goodbye to private companies. Oh. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think, I think in the micro mobility sphere, I I um I sent I I empathize with your concern and i think it's it's just so new at this point that the exciting thing maybe is the chance to really define what that means i also think that there's a massive opportunity with uh the e-bikes and the ability for us to drastically improve the amount of people um choosing to bike because the fact that they don't necessarily have to you know sweat their way up a hill like Mm -hmm. i used to when i was uh riding around berkeley you know or uh, you can just carry a lot of. You can carry kids. You can and, carry yeah, groceries. Exactly. If you have bad knees, it's sure. a lot easier on them. And there's there's a few um, individuals that are uh, running in our our current mayoral race who um, are actually advocating for e bike subsidies uh, for individuals that are wow. either uh, below a certain income level or um, you know have essentially been displaced and so on. Um, which I think uh, we really start uh, when we start to consider what what sort of alternatives do we want in the low carbon future, right? Do we want people buying an electric vehicle or do we want people buying an e-bike? And currently, there is no equivalent um, subsidy for e-bikes anywhere in Oregon. Actually, you're taxed. And in fact, your tax <laughs> because we have our ridiculous fifteen dollar uh, per new bike tax. Whereas you can get both the only sales tax in Oregon. By That's the way, right. Whereas That's right. both you can get a federal tax credit and you can also get a state cra- tax. Cr- excuse me, tax credit for buying an electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. But an electric vehicle has such a high initial cost. Well, well, so do e-bikes, right? E-bikes on, on the on the like bike but scale. Comparatively speaking, I mean, I sure. guess yeah, on the bike scale, definitely on the on the higher end. But comparatively speaking, if I was somebody, you know, of of limited means mm-hmm. in East Portland, yep, um, wanting to get into like the city center to my job, sure. I mean, I, I'm more than likely going to buy like a shitty car that I can just deal with. Yeah. Versus these other two options that are way better, 
you know, so to speak, you know, e e bike or electric car, just because that's that's what my means are. Um, and if there was some kind of kickback for an e bike, I could certainly m- more afford that versus. The electric yeah. car and well, certainly yeah go ahead sorry oh sorry i was gonna say the whole um thing around electric vehicles it, it, and there's a lot of research that goes to show that like is it better than gas powered yes is it super shiny as far as a solution no the negative externality and most of the emissions that come from electric vehicles over the course of their life are not off of the vehicle itself but the tires and yes. so when you look at like really trying like and brakes yeah yeah, if you strip away the the feel-good nature and you look at like well on paper what will put less versus more into the environment and And it's still a car that's Mm -hmm. the other part right so you're you're taking up the the same space this is of course the the geometry problem of transportation right Mm -hmm. we have a fixed roadway width we have a fixed number of vehicles that can travel on that roadway right Mm -hmm if it's a car you're still only going to be able to have a certain amount of throughput right yeah i saw a good bumper sticker the other day or not bumper sticker but uh sticker on a bike which was your ev will not save you that's (laughs) very true evs will not save us i i really really believe that and um i i certainly hope that other candidates both uh you know within our uh, uh city as well as also you know the state start to really consider um, you know, California just passed a, an e-bike subsidy. Um, so hey, I, good on them. I, I think that, you know, it's well within the realm of possibility. In fact, you could even have, I know, um, Come on, Oregon, exactly. Catch You're not going to let like California one up you. I know that's the thing, right? Embarrassing. We gotta, yeah. <laughs> totally. Embarrassing. We gotta be, gotta totally. be leading the way here. Yeah. So, so get on that center Dembro. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go farther than that RJ. And I would just like to see a subsidy for bikes period, whether they're E or not. I think just, you know, a bike can be so yes. transformative for a person's life. And I don't think a subsidy should be limited. Well, and going back to the, the, the interconnection of it all mm. we didn't even necessarily talk about mental health and oh, i can i can say yeah. from my at least from my anecdotal personal perspective riding a bike versus driving a car on a on the daily has changed my way of thinking my way of thinking not only about my fellow humans but about myself and my environment and not necessarily in an environmental impact way, but just how I interact with the world around me. Yeah, one 100%. Like, um, yeah, I, should, I myself struggle with depression and anxiety, and riding a bike has been, like, it's been so good for that. If I don't go out and get, you know, I ride pretty much every day, and if I don't ride for a few days, I start, I notice I it. get, yeah. yeah, I get really, like, I get snappier, I get, like, ugh, like restless feeling, and... Yeah, it's just getting the exercise and getting outside, even if it's crappy outside. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, it's it can great. be like so crappy that it's good, though. Yeah, and you're right. Like, you're in the zone. Right. You're like, whatever. <laughs> like this evening, biking to the studio. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. <laughs> Might take us all a little longer, but it's fun to get there. You feel really badass, actually, afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to chat about rain gear. It's great. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the thing that I always say is like... Uh, I, I I always joke about the fact that, you know, this 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 uh 
idea of like having the big fast car, right. And that, how that equates to, you know, some form of masculinity, like being able to step on a pedal, like that makes you masculine. Like what, what is that? Like, what is, you know, I would, I would much rather, you know, uh, be trying to find a a partner who, you know, can actually pedal up a hill. Like that's, you know, (laughs) I I don't know, but that's, that's just me. Pedaling a cargo bike up a, up a a steep hill. Yeah. Yeah, There you go. Stepping on a pedal, which is not so manly. Stepping on pedals. There it is. Yeah, that's right. I need, I think I need a a bike sticker with that or something. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me like want to read the study that hasn't or if it has been done, send it to me. But it's like the link between the masculine nature and like the um, like survival instinct of species. <laughs> like where's that? Where's that very thin line? <laughs> and like the the strength of the line compared to a nice <laughs> e bike going up a hill or not? Oh, they've got legs. I don't know. Well, um, you know, if we I'm had left field. <laughs> if if we had e bike commercials that were like our car commercials. Oh my you god! Know? The picture it. Part of me would like it. Picture part it, of me would a cargo hate it, though, bike, right? a cargo bike splashing through, through a stream. You mm-hmm. know, going like going through like splattering mud. Like mm. if you go off road, and you can see the shocks just going good, 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 good. Right, right. Oh. You know, carrying. There you are. You're towing a trailer. Pan back, we're, we're, we're and human. they're just in southeast Portland going to the laundromat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Woodstock neighborhood. I'm looking in your direction. Improve your oh, streets. That's <laughs> like a, that's a, a film that I've wanted to make for the longest time. Is like somebody riding a bike that's a cutout as a sports car, and then like yeah. somebody actually in a sports car, and like the it's cut so that you can't see that one is a bike until like the, they leave the line, and they're like. Oh wait, they're just on a bike. Uh, just kind of like, yeah, that's nice. Goodbye, eighty thousand. But like, I have just as much enjoyment in yeah. my in my bike <laughs> sports car. Because anyway, it it needs some fleshing out. Um, so <laughs> I while- think Aaron, we could do yours as like. You know, there's all those signs that say roadways not improved on our like very bumpy potholed uh, streets that are gravel, and you can be like roadway improve <laughs> nice. yes. as you like pull up as like you skid, through you skid bike. to a yes. stop and you're like yeah nice <laughs> <laughs> dig it um from citylab.com walled gardens versus open mobility the mm. battle begins Ooh, the battle that sounds interesting yeah uh and the the header it's always got to be a battle aaron you can't ever have like it's peace- controversial yeah you can't ever have peaceful coming <laughs> together that doesn't sell things a bike lane in this city that they wanted the peace begins <laughs> <laughs> Um, the headline says, uh, or the sub headline says, why did Lyft block users of a third party app from accessing yeah. New York's city bike? Oh, it's the start of what move. could be <laughs> a fundamental <laughs> showdown over mobility choice. Um, and this is getting back to the data. I'm going to tie it very loosely to the NACTO guidelines. Um, if we have private entities operating using public resources, um, those public entities should be privy to the information that's gleaned from that service. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's also just a, a poor move by Lyft, right? I mean, the, the idea that you're going ahead and, and creating a, an artificial walled garden where there are millions of people that use the transit app every single day. So why wouldn't you want to be able to advertise on their platform for free, mind you? I mean, mm-hmm. th- this is this is not your... Uh, as far as I understand, Lyft does not pay transit to go ahead and advertise that there's a a scooter that you could ride right next door. Mm -hmm. I mean, Um, they, 
I mean, I use transit all the time, and they will show you like when an Uber or Lyft can. That's one of your options, right? Oh yeah, right. So right. yeah, it's and it, how much that ride may or may not cost. It seems like a really short-sighted move right, right. by Lyft. It's a bit knee jerky. It, it, I don't, I and and really, what it may come down to uh, is just the stress of the IPO has just created like all these really poor decisions that they're now trying to do in order to essentially become profitable, mm. whatever that spoiler alert, they're never going to be profitable. Exactly. And if you, if you want to learn more about that, you can check out, um, the human transit blog. Uh, Jared, yes, Jared, Jared Walker has just phenomenal information on that. If you're curious about why Uber and Lyft will never be profitable. Um, I understand maybe a third of every article I read of his, and I still <laughs> feel enlightened every time. <laughs> he's got he's got just such good stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, what it comes down to is uh, if you're having a driver um, circling around uh, and they're not par- carrying any passengers, then it's losing money, and for the most part, that's what's going on. I mean, it's, and this- contributing to congestion. Exactly. In a lot city. of a lot of dead trips. I mean, that's the dead deadheading is uh, half of the trip, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they got to go to you first, and so that's without a passenger, and then they got to pick you up and then take you to your destination. And so, yeah, I think I think it's uh, getting back to your question around open versus closed. Um, ideally, the ecosystem becomes something that is a little bit more like the internet, right? Where like things kind of start to play a little bit nicer and so on and so so forth. But we've also seen kind of a closing off of the internet as well, right? Yeah, Yeah. totally. We're we're kind of in the age of like, it used to be that you'd go to like a dozen different websites, even hundreds of different websites. And now you basically go to three, right? Screw you, Medium. And so it's... (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, this sounds personal. It's a little personal. Yeah, it's it's caused some some interesting consolidation. and, you know, whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing, I think is a, a very much up for debate. But, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, it makes me scared for our bike share because it's owned by Motivate, which is owned by Lyft. We should be so very concerned Lyft about that. could honestly. do the same thing oh, to no. Bike Town. I did yeah. not realize that. Yeah. Well, I know. It's a real... Um, I don't know how much I can swear on this podcast. It's a real head scratcher. We're not FCC regulated. I mean, it's a... It's <laughs> it, a it is on the internet. And at least we can still swear oh, on the internet. Oh, you can't swear. Oh, you can swear on the internet. That's okay, right. That, okay. <laughs> That's good to know. I mean, it's just a real, like, it's a huge cluster, like, clusterfuck of just because... She said it. I said it. Um, because the, the um, software that runs the bikes is owned by motivate which is mm-hmm. lyft but then the bikes themselves are owned by uber or well, they're owned no by shit. jump bikes which is owned by uber right so it's when their contract the battle begins yeah so it's like the the bike town contract for our bike share is due to be renewed in january hmm. and <laughs> that, who the f knows what's gonna happen as in like three months from now yeah or, as in like who knows if we're going to have bike share which could be another which is like another argument you know even though pbot has worked with them you know it's a it is a public private partnership i worry that it's not public enough to like stop the companies from pulling it out of the city altogether which would really suck so this is quite the tangent that we're on but i feel strongly that it's it's worth exploring just just for a second to say like what 
input does the public have in that realm? I don't. Uh, that's a good question. If it's if it's up for renewal in January, like what pressure can the public go? Like, hey, no, we want to keep this. Mm-hmm. Whatever you, whatever needs to happen to renew it, let's try to make this happen. I mean, without getting strong armed into you know. That's a good a question. Raw deal. But. I don't. I mean, I know there are um, some people at Peabot that work on this, and you know, folks could uh, Steve Hoyt Macbeth is one of them, and my best guess is folks could email them or email you know Bike Town and say, "I really want this to stay." That kind of thing. I mean, I mean, the thing is, Bike Town feels like it's been around for a long time, but it's only been since 2016. Right. So oh, yeah. it's not even been that long. Yeah. Right. And, um, yeah. Wow. That's, my, yeah, I don't, I have not heard any rumblings if there's like, a, I don't know, a campaign or anything hmm. for it, but. I mean, I'm just now finding out that it's up for renewal. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. actually supposed yeah. to be renewed in July, but they pushed it back, I'm sure, because huh. of all this. It's going to be difficult, you know, to get two rival companies. To, to sit down together. at the table. Who are both losing money hand over Who, fist. Yeah. Yeah. It really, when I heard they were both selling to them, it was just. They could just IPO twice. That's, <laughs> that's what you do, right? That's how that works. <laughs> Sorry. Is that a, is that a double? Can I hire you as a business consultant? <laughs> sure. <laughs> is that a double IPO? <laughs> Something like that. I'm more of an IPO fan really, myself. People really like them, don't they? I mean, one really <laughs> radical idea, just to kind of throw this in the mix is uh, the idea that right now uh, Bike Town is essentially um, not... It, it's running as its own uh, pot of money that it raises between um, essentially Nike's um, massive grant as well as also, I, I believe, and don't quote me on this, some some other uh, federal and state funding. Yeah, um, but that's where PBOT comes in. Portland, Portland does not actually commit any money to Bike Town. Um, so we, we, as the Portland taxpayers don't actually pay any money for bike town. Oh, oh. right. That was a big selling point. It nice. was big That's selling, right. Yeah, when we first started the program and, and it's, uh, as part of the contract, uh, or the, the renegotiation, that is the expectation at this point. Um, I guess the question becomes, are there other agencies that would actually like to see their ridership increase as a result of being able to have bike share near them? cough cough trimet um <laughs> that yeah. that have yeah. have been seeing reduced ridership that mm-hmm. are are looking for ways to essentially improve their ridership but maybe don't have the greatest connectivity in a lot of different neighborhoods and don't necessarily have uh adequate bike parking uh next to their stations i'm sorry trimet i'm, I'm really uh ragging on you right now i love you you're they great got great bike parking in rose quarter oh no no they don't no no never mind no no, no they don't really yeah uh and and quite frankly there's Gateway, only no no a few places that have bike town parking next to you know max stops or bus stops right and that's i think a, a real shame because you could have it's a huge missed opportunity you could have these really excellent uh last mile journeys being taken by bike share like you see in the Netherlands and like you see in Denmark and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the the agency isn't really playing ball there. Um, I just see it as a, a massive opportunity for, for TriMet to get involved. Um, 
and yeah, you know, maybe that involves some, some public subsidy as well. Hmm. But, um, I, I could see that as, um, uh, being, being really, really successful. Well, speaking of successful things happening with regional governments. <gasps> Before that. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh. I need to take a break. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> run to the restroom. All okay. right. Do a restroom stop. I might join you for that, actually. <laughs> Shall we all take a This is great. Oh, I love chatting. Transit policy. Yeah, it's awesome. kind oh, of man. a... Do you mind hitting stop? I... Where's the... Where's I, might, I might mess it up. Where's the pause? No, just hit the stop. Just stop. Yep, just the square. We're part of the PDX tech community. Oh, yeah? Um, I'm trying to... We should talk afterwards about yeah. Yeah, some of that. Yeah, that'd be great. Some good advocates in that space. Yeah, that I local. bet. OSM, right. OpenStreetMaps. Yeah, okay. More acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm going all in. It's acronym show. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get Chris Smith on? Sure. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Can, can, can he throw down some oh, acronyms? Oh, he can throw down some acronyms, mm, man. Yeah. My, the, nice. Where I went to college had a bunch of acronyms, and it just kind of like stuck from there. It's like everything has an acronym. You're an acronym. <laughs> You're an acronym. You're all acronyms. Uh, yes, acronyms are fun. Speaking of WDRB, which I don't know what is an acronym for, but it's in Louisville. It sounds uh, like radio call numbers, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, from WDRB in Louisville, Metro Council passes ordinance designed to make streets safer for all. <gasps> Yay! Um, so speaking of positive change in places, one maybe from a Portland perspective might not always expect uh in louisville the metro council voted overwhelmingly to pass a plan thursday designed to make louisville's streets safer the so-called complete streets policy ordinance which passed by a 22 to 1 vote calls for all future road construction and reconstruction projects to make a safe a street safe for all users whether they're walking using a wheelchair driving or riding a bike under the I bet that one vote really feels embarrassed about themselves right now Oh, I thought there was more people behind me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hey, those other 22 were pretty happy, though, I'll bet. I bet. Um, Yeah, so great to hear that there's a safer street vision coming to Louisville that will codify um, some needed improvements, as it sounds, and allow people to get around town in a safer fashion. So kudos to you, Metro Council in Louisville. Yay. And another acronym from the WSJ. Which the good old WSJ. Just the Wall Street Journal. Ah, uh, okay. I, I always thought that was a radio station. As well. <laughs> Buses cruise through Manhattan Corridor as traffic change takes effect. Oh, this is about 14th Street, isn't it? Oh, my God. You know this already. Oh, my God. It is making huge waves in the transportation advocate community. Huge. Well, I'm not subscribed, so I can't read the full story. So. You can, <laughs> you can peek. They have a yeah. fade out on the second paragraph. Yeah. But we could get to the second paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) A new traffic change to speed up mass transit on one of Manhattan's busiest cross-town streets was so successful on its first day that bus drivers had to slow down to keep their schedules. Oh my gosh, how great is that? Amazing. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. Uh, under an 18-month pilot program that began Thursday, New York City will allow through traffic of buses and trucks only along 14th Street between 9th Avenue and 3rd Avenue. The start of the program left 14th Street eerily quiet thursday morning and rescued metropolitan transportation authority buses from the stop and go traffic oh man you know we've got some bus only lanes that have come to portland in recent days 
Uh, Northwest Everett, yeah. looking at you. I had no idea. It went like actually to the bridge on Everett. I turned <laughs> I turned on Everett yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, that used to be my my morning commute route, and I was just so pleased that, <laughs> to see that bus lane right there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So. There's there's more coming. Um, Commissioner Udaly is going to be introducing um, what she calls the Rose Lane project because bus only lanes will be painted red. Mm. And yeah, so she's that's going to be in, I think, late January and February. She'll be introducing okay. a network of um, bus only lanes throughout nice, the city. Nice. Then it'll like really start to feel like Copenhagen around oh my here. God. Well, okay. I don't know if co- how many bus-only lanes Copenhagen has. Oh, gotcha. I just meant the red paint. Oh, mm. yes. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be amazing. Nice. Yeah. You don't have to go that yeah. far. Seattle has at least the, the red paint oh, and bus Oh, I was going to say, and San Francisco as well. They mm-hmm. also have quite a few bus-only lanes, like on, on Market Street, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you all have heard, but it was just announced uh, Market Street, major street in San Francisco. And it is going to be phased in to be free of private vehicles. Nice. Whoa. Yeah. 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 Good Whoa. on them. Market yeah. Street could use that, From to be honest. It is, Octavia I have biked on it. It is very I'm not sure familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Though that's kind of a big chunk of the yeah. city. It's so basically a, everything below the Castro. It's really, really phenomenal. Hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm, it's going to be a game changer. Come on, Portland. The gauntlet is right? thrown several right? times over. I know. So now, now I got to ask you guys, what do you think should be the next car-free street in Portland? Ooh. MLK. MLK. <gasps> no. Very interesting choice. I'm oh, in between wow. MLK and 82nd. Wow. Boy, you're you're really gunning for it. Yeah. yeah. You, if you're going to have a car-free street, you might you as well want go to MLK or 82nd. Um, I don't know so much about car-free, but I... I would like the uh, bus rapid transit on division to be revisited. Mm. I think that was something that it was like kind of a swing and a big miss. What a, what a boondoggle that was. Oh, it it could have been so great. <laughs> it was no boondoggle. It saint. so great. No, no, there was no. Mm. There was no, there was a lot of boondoggle saints though. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> I know what street I would like to see that car free. I would like to see uh, Northwest Cooch from, you know, from all the way from, I'm going to say it, all the way from the river down to uh, 405. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Cooch should be car free. That's has pretty much of, the entirety of downtown right plenty, there. Plenty of pedestrian traffic, you know, it is narrow. It's yeah. really, it mm-hmm. doesn't move vehicles very fast at all right yeah. now. I kept thinking that the completion of the um, downtown vision for, I guess we're calling the the Pearl District with the stop lights at Cooch, and um, I thought that that would do something, yeah. but it no. didn't no. really feel like it did. No. no. If anything, it's made it slower to get through now. Yeah, because you're mm. in same, and this is like not trying to, uh, I f- there's a couple of things that sometimes stoplights can feel liberating, but a lot of the times they can also feel oppressing because especially when they're like every block as in this case. Well, I'm thinking of um, like at, at the corner of Powell's where there's the pedestrian Mm -hmm. scramble. Yeah. Like as much as I love the concept of a pedestrian scramble as somebody who used to use that street on a multi-daily basis, uh, you would find yourself waiting more for a prioritization of vehicle traffic through that space. Ultimately based on, number of drivers versus number of pedestrians waiting to cross the street. So um, I feel like 
Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm behind you on Cooch as a car free because yeah. then you could just cross. <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry so and, much. And there's like you just think there's so many restaurants that could benefit from that outdoor sure. space. Oh yeah. I mean, I went this this summer. So I'm I, gonna I'm gonna oh, yeah. I'm gonna come with a sort of east side version of what you're dreaming of. Oh. And I would say either tenth. No, yeah, I would say seventh or tenth mm. on the east side, going oh. north and south. Seventh would be amazing. Oh, about yeah. Broadway for uh, East West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could That'd see be that. Awesome. I could see that. I'm in the dream big camp. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. You, you totally yeah. are. Yeah. It's throwing I mean, me bus, off, man. Bus only lane. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be we've wonderful. got we've got eleventh uh, and twelfth as one ways, and yeah. I don't mind biking on them, but they're not great to bike on. They're great for moving automobiles right. and having sort of a bike pedestrian version of that on one side, seventh or 10th, maybe, you know, I think would be very beneficial to the city and to anyone moving around in the mm-hmm. city. Yeah. I often find myself, if I'm up in Northeast going up one of those streets, I don't as often come down. Like I think seventh is my, my cruise down street, but uh, yeah, the 10th and 11th you hit, you hit the school and you're like, Oh, my trip is over. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have to divert three blocks <laughs> and then remember what I was doing. The issue is is the river or uh, Highway 84, and I guess, you know, we're just going to have to build pedestrian and bike bridge over well, those. you know, we are building. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. We're it's already building Street, one right? over 7th, yeah, over 84. Right. Yeah, at 7th Avenue. It's well, going to be really amazing. Yes, I did not know. Yeah, um, I think construction is starting next year. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So all the more reason to make 7th Avenue car-free. Yeah. I mean, there is... Um, I'm a... a I want to brag, but I am a member of the Central City in Motion Working Group, <laughs> which is... A, <laughs> You know, I'm kind of a big deal, you guys. And CCWIM. Yeah, I've yeah. heard of them. No, no, CCIM. CCIM. I've yes. heard of them, too. Yes. There's there's many in motions floating around okay. right now. So, um, But, yeah, there's one of the Central City in Motion. It's a big plan for our downtown and our inner side. And one of the plans is for having protected bike lanes on 7th removing um, the parking and making it into a, a big protected bike lane. And that's going to be, you know, um, a fight that we will be having later. But, um, yeah, really committed to that because it's a, hu- it's a huge central um, spine of our transportation mm-hmm. network. Well, and especially for anybody who's been in inner southeast Portland, your options for going south-north or north-south right. are hit 12th and that mm-hmm. can get a bit dicey although yep. it's like it's relatively smooth i have to be honest all things considered that being said it's a jog um and so the seventh connecting through because otherwise you're basically taking the sidewalk right yeah. on mlk yep um or you're on 12th and that's right quite a bit to ask for the concentration of like business and other things that happen and they're they're pretty far apart yep. to be honest it's like kind of a pain in the butt to yeah. go out of your way yeah, and, and folks tend to drive pretty quickly on those, like, subside streets. Yeah, they do. I've had my share of close calls. Yeah. That's my new commute <laughs> route, so I get a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> I see. I would be a fan of 7th. Not yeah. from a yeah, from a y- YIMBY standpoint. Um, yeah, cool. I, I mean, I think the, the other opportunity there, too, is just, you know, all of us should start to look at ways that we can, you know, 
look at streets in, in this different light. And I'm, I'm super thrilled that New York is mm-hmm. leading the charge on that. And that San Francisco has got now this phenomenal, um, you know, place for people now. Um, and I know that's been just years and years in the making. So yeah. just really, really hats off to all the advocates that yeah. have worked through that. I think it was first floated like 10 years ago that mm-hmm. I saw. So that's, that's a, you know, in advocacy, you got to like really persist. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah. stay in the game. Yeah. And it's, it's for the New York thing. My impression is in particular is the boiling point. Like we talk about increased use of streets by um, cars in Portland. Like, I mean, gosh, if you think it's bad now, look at New York. <laughs> like it took them yeah. 10 years and that and, and there's a first bus only. I don't think we need to wait 10 years to maybe learn a similar lesson. And this and in New York, it had to, the bus only lane. There was a lawsuit against it as well. Yeah. So it wasn't of course just there was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> it has gone through a lot to to become reality. And it's like mm. so it's so um, wonderful that it's like instantly successful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, yeah, we may not have a pedestrian only or car free street here in in Portland, but you know what we do have? What do we have? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. I do want to dispute that claim actually. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, cuz yeah, Third, oh, right? you thought we were just going to let that <laughs> <laughs> Well, there are actually two now. Okay. So there's Southwest Third uh, on, uh, I believe it's, um, what is it, Ankeny mm-hmm. and, and Southwest Third, which Better Block Project. So shout out to Well, yeah. it's not private car free. It's Ankeny Alley. Ankeny Alley. Be- excuse between me. second and third. And now uh, the PSU area has mm-hmm. the Montgomery Street Plaza. Oh, yeah. right. Yes. Which, which ironically used to be a car charging mecca. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's the future, right? <laughs> car free instead of EVs. Yeah. You never know. Anyways. <laughs> sorry to... <laughs> no. First year you bubble know, there. That's, that's all right. I think... I think we got to claw back it's some worth, respect for Portland, it's right? Worth, it's <laughs> worth... Keeping us real. I'm glad to be wrong on that issue. I mean, Chris Rawson sends an article. Hey, Aaron, I know you visited this place when you were in Denver. Oh, yeah. I visited it as well and enjoy it. Unfortunately, it looks like they're closing. Thought you should know. Yeah, I saw... Um, this is the Denver Bike Cafe... Oh, no. It's so sad. Yeah. It, it was really cool, though. Best Americano I've ever had. And and it was, it was good tasting, but not just was it good tasting. It was like this whole presentation. They gave you the espresso and a pot of hot water and, like, another cup to mix it in. And mm. Wait, yeah, it was a do-it-yourself like, Americano? Yeah, it was, like, wow. this, this awesome, like, extra Americano. On, on a plank, and you, like, they set it there <laughs> on your table. And you're like, this oh, sounds this like so a really awesome. Portland thing to be honest. It's, it does sound like a very Portland thing, which is maybe why I <laughs> loved not, it so much. Because <laughs> not only do places here make you bust your own tables and clean up after yourself, but I could totally see that be like, um, oh, you, you want you're going to make your, your own coffee yeah. now. <laughs> and you're going to like it. <laughs> We're going to charge you extra. <laughs> don't forget to tip. <laughs> but really, don't forget to tip. <laughs> exactly. uh, but anyways, yeah, so that was cool. Um, beyond that, the people there were really awesome. We were unsure of whether or not the bike shop part was open. There was like mm-hmm. the cafe side and then the, the bike shop side. 
and we sort of like peeked our our heads in there and they were like so welcoming and they showed us around and they found out like oh you're from portland and you know uh one guy was actually from ashland north carolina so we were talking about like bike infrastructure in denver versus portland versus ashland it was just this really cool conversation um and i also ended up with a enameled steel mug with their branding on it so yeah nice. yeah hats off to them i will be posting a picture of that mug in memorial mm-hmm. yeah uh sadly it was it's closing um due to reasons because of mostly because of rent increase mm-hmm. oh, uh, loss bummer. of business because of construction but um a rent increase being sort of the the final nail in the coffin there Man. And I think here in Portland is it's something that we're a little too familiar with. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Also from Chris. Aaron would have never noticed this little branding tag. Oh, I would have never noticed this little branding tag until I heard you talk about Whole30. This was at Costco. And it's a picture of um, coconut amino acids, which mm-hmm. is a soy sauce replacement. Uh, oh. His soy is not Whole30 friendly, um, but coconut is. And coconut aminos um, taste very similar. More? Okay. (laughs) Uh, This came from, oh, yeah, I I should definitely be reading this, huh? This came from Jay Leco Furniture Maker. Guthrie just found an online video showing you at least I think it was you, it was me. demonstrating how to fold a bicycle tire. Great tip, but will this method work for Brompton tires? <sighs> we should try. <laughs> You're a Brompton owner. I did. I brought my Brompton today. Really? Oh, I didn't bring mine today. I did. <laughs> yeah, I saw I, you had the um, red hair amongst horses. Thank you. Yes, yes good, yes. good I do know your bike name. Yeah. I mean, just that one. <laughs> I don't know the rest of them, but... Yeah, we should try it for Brompton tires. So I would be shocked if it actually folded. I don't know if folded. I've ever seen this video. Yeah. Where, where, when, how? <laughs> so back in 2013, I was trying to make a real go of being like a bicycle internet personality. Uh-huh. And so I uploaded a video of um, how to fold a bicycle tire specifically for touring with the assumption being that if you're in some random bike shop in the middle of anywhere, that you might not always be able to get a folding tire. Sure. Uh, which many of my YouTube commenters have found it very apropos to point out. Uh, so, yeah, it's basically a two-minute video of a way to fold the tire without um, compromising the beads of the tire so that it maintains its uh, mountability and, uh, I guess, safety factor for So this is structure. for wire bead tires? Correct. Oh, yep, wow. That it is. I've, I'm going to have to look it's, at this video. I know. Now. I'm this so intrigued now. It's, yeah. it's on there. Well, yeah, I, I am better at seo than i was at um becoming a bicycle tire personality (laughs) so just type how to fold your bicycle tire or how to fold a bicycle tire it should be the first one to pop up um but yeah it's a fun video i get comments on it every now and then um most of them pleasant and some of them doing the typical youtube thing which is like get to the point i'm like it's a two minute video what do you want (laughs) (laughs) if you don't have that much time i feel sorry for you um yeah anyway if you need to know how to fold a bike tire that's a way to do it. Glad you stumbled on it, Jay. Thanks for letting yeah. us know. <laughs> wow. I want to know how he stumbled on it now. Well, if you search in any search engine how to fold a bicycle tire, it uh-huh. is actually usually the first one that pops up. Oh, really? Up. It is? Yeah. Wow. It's uh, like all of my YouTube videos have like four views. <laughs> <laughs> this one has a lot. This one has 30,000. All right. 
So we're making it up there. Give it another decade. We'll we'll we'll, we'll crash that forty k mark. Right on. <laughs> um, we got a text from a number. I don't know if there was a name associated with this number. It was. I don't know it, either. Actually, okay. yeah. Well, it did bring a cheer to my heart uh, because this text says, "Saw this in a toilet at the Hungry Traveler in Madison, Wisconsin." <laughs> to be clear, in the bathroom, not actually inside oh, the toilet. I'm just quoting. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this is amazing. What was seen in this toilet bathroom? I it, saw something in the toilet. It made me think of you guys. <laughs> this is, I think this is a joke I made in junior high. <laughs> It's a picture of a Portland bike route map as published by the city of Portland. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> in Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> not in the toilet, That's but in the bathroom. That's not going to be super helpful in Madison. Well, you never know when you um, have a good night at a bar in Madison and wake up in Portland. It, it could come handy. It could happen. Or you're like in Madison and you're bored <laughs> with your life and you need a change and you're like, what am I going to do? I want to bike somewhere. Hey, look it. There's a map yeah. of portland and all the bike routes that, i that, guess i will bike over there that map i'm very glad that um this person sent us this text because that map is particularly important and special to me because when i first moved to the city i had more time than things to do and so ah, yes uh it's the map that i tried to literally bike every single bike route in portland working my way from the north uh south part of vancouver down into oregon and i made it like maybe eh, to a fifth of the way through and then life got busy um but i've always had a very like special place for that map in my heart so i'm glad that it was that this reminder was sent to us from tim coleman enjoyed the podcast i like everything about bikepacking except the camping out part (laughs) (laughs) i was just cold (laughs) listening to your experience oh this was in relation to our um crater lake Lake yeah time yeah so fun it does get real cold down there yes it does um i will say i love everything about bike packing even the camping out part until it gets below like 50 yeah agree yeah 50 is about my 50 is about my limit yeah fair enough uh, from Harm Zwiedmer, uh, hey, Aaron and Guthrie, once again, you've set, sent out a cracker of a podcast. I look forward to your podcasts every week. I usually spend a few hours on Friday and Saturday in front of my sewing machine making bike packing bags, speaking of bike packing, and other custom constructions for keen adventurers around New Zealand and sometimes further afield. Coming from a country where cycling and mass transit were established back in the middle of the century, yeah, I'm another cloggy, smiley face. (laughs) It's cool to see and hear all of these developments happening around the world. Here in Rotura, New Zealand, we are also busy with lobbying our councillors, states, women, or senators in the U.S. and for more sustainable forms of transport. Our government is also actively looking into bringing back rail, which is a positive development. With all of these transport discussions happening in meeting rooms all over the world, there will be a, at least a few humble bicycles waiting patiently at the bike rack outside, biding their time. That reminds me of the Oregon Transportation Summit, actually. Um, ah. <laughs> how cool to hear you're heading down our way, Guthrie. When are you planning to grace our shores? Are you planning to ride the Tour uh, Autora route? New Zealand is a popular destination for cycle tourism, but make sure you plan a route that is as much off the state highways as possible. Mm. There's so much stunning country to be explored, and thanks to our state highways that channel all the people who aren't interested in what's between A and B. (laughs) 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 Nice! (laughs) 
we can explore these on our steeds in relative serenity and comfort. I gather you've done your fair bit of research on what routes to take and places you'd like to visit. I hear there there's a new route description coming to the Tour Autora, um, which will have quite a few changes you might like to consider in your explorations. Um, and there are a couple of links included. Um, and says, happy to help where I can to make your stay a great one. Give me a holler when you're heading through Rotura, and I'll take you on a tiki tour around the hood. There could be a couch somewhere that you could surf on. So thank you so much. Um, wow. For, yeah. Thanks, I Harm. really wish you'd done, like, a Kiwi accent for that one. Oh, well, then the couch might not be available <laughs> when I get down there. <laughs> Offer rescinded. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I officially booked my flight last night. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I had been kind it's of like... It's really happening. It's yeah. a, Well, it's, it's paid for, at least. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll give it that much. I did get, I did get travel insurance. Um, yeah, the, the date is... Um, I, I was on a service that sort of like showed low-cost flights to places, and my game was the waiting game to wait for something affordable to New Zealand to come out of the pipe. And for the dates that they had available, I ended up booking for June 2nd, which is particular... Oh, no! Well... Because the kickoff <laughs> ride's on the first. Right, right. Did I get that wrong? No, no. Oh, okay. you, you're you're right. I'm just thinking like you're gonna miss all of Petalpalooza then. Yes, but I'm but not going to miss the kickoff yes. ride. So I was I was like, I, yes. Well, I'll be missing. Um, oh, this we'll is gonna be, be this is gonna be the most melancholy kickoff ride. I hope for not. Me. I hope I mean, it's really it's, fun. It's gonna be fun. Don't might, get me wrong. We might have like, to do the not... Guthrie ride after the kickoff ride. You oh, realize shit. that, right? Oh shit! Yes. Yeah. Yes, please. So yes, please. So there's some intent with that date. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just trying to get my my stuff in order. I will be spending anywhere from, well, I'll be spending at least a day in New Zealand. The plan is some <laughs> amount of time up to a, 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 a year. Um, but in regards to Harm's uh, letter, uh, my hope is honestly to just like, I was I was on Google Maps uh, the other day, just looking at like, oh, there's a road there, and that's like my style. Uh, I'll definitely check out the tour um, Atora. Uh, but I, I usually just, am like, that looks like a small road that goes to a place. Let's go see what's at the end of that road. Um, probably and that, sheep because it's I New so. Zealand. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or good views or, um, nice folks to talk to any of the above or, or just nature is fine. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll get in touch and definitely do plan to be going through Rotura as well as, um, the North and the South Island in most of their entirety. So I'll, I'll reach out and, uh, get in touch. That's so awesome. I've yeah. always wanted to go to New Zealand. It just Me looks too. like <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah. And oh, ever since. And this will probably, if this puts me out in your camp, I'm sorry, but I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've, always, I've always wanted to go, to go to New Zealand. Lord of the Rings coming out as a film only increased that desire. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it should be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw um, a New Zealand band at Pickathon this summer, The Bess, and uh, they opened it by being by saying, uh, "We're the Bess. We're from New Zealand, which is not like Lord of the Rings." <laughs> 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 they probably get that all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Lord <laughs> of the Rings is a small part of why I want to. Um, well, I mean, like. Uh, part of your article getting back to it like burnout in general it's just like i i have like i'm half travel spirit and i'm half homemake spirit mm. and i've been listening to the homemake spirit for the last five years so it's time to listen to the travel spirit a little bit more that sounds like a good way to mix it up yeah totally. yeah otherwise it just go insane yeah <laughs> cool um well that is all of our mail 
Yeah. And that is all of our show. This is true. Yeah. Uh, Once again, thanks to Emily and RJ for joining us this evening. Yeah, thank you. A pleasure to have you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been great chatting with you all. Yeah, likewise. Um, Is there any particular fashion in which you would like to hear our exit credits read? It does not have to be an accent. It has been in the past, but does not have to be. Can I reiterate, it doesn't have to be an accent. (laughs) Oh, man. This is the kind of stuff like putting me on the spot. I can never think of anything good right away. It's okay. If you'd given me a little advance notice, I probably could have come up with something really good. Fair enough. What if uh, you read it as if you were really winded from a long ride? (laughs) I can try. Yeah. Imagine you just climbed to the top of Mount Tabor. There you go. Yep. (laughs) Hang out. (laughs) And do a little method act. The last time I climbed to the top oh. of Tabor, I was on an e-bike. Oh so my gosh, Aaron's doing push-ups right now. Go, Aaron. <laughs> I'm going to... Um... <laughs> All right, let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm going to absorb your push-ups through osmosis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of wishing. <laughs> this is so terrible. I'm so out of shape. It's like, what, five push-ups? No, it's at least 50. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, five, yeah. zero. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> the Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPX Community Audio Studio. Thanks to the generous support of OpenSignal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagrams at sprocketpodcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herpert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Shadowfoot, Katrina Mellengard. Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney. Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss. Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's a time traveler. Who's a time traveler. Dave Knows. Chris Smith, Caleb Jacobson, J.P. Cooley. Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom. Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder. Anna, I'll uh, be home probably a little bit longer than uh, I normally would. King of Division, <laughs> Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who's winded right oh, next to me. talk about it. Aaron Green, other we like sons, founder of the Regranary. Campsite, Magnus David, Nathan Poulton. Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan, Michael Flournoy. Jeremy Kishin, David Belay, Tim Coleman. Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran, Brad Hipwell. Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom. Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron. Chris Barron. Chris Barron. Chris, Chris Barron. Barron. Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite. Ryan Morrow, Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks. Paul Marshall, Paula Funitake, Sucklecraft. Philip M., Spartandale, No Relation. Mr. T., who never really left. Pike Initiative, Kiwana, Sarah G. Adam D., Go Dig a Hole, Beth Hammond. And Greg Murphy. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Oh, now brush your teeth. And go to bed. <laughs> I think I'm more winded oh after. That was so good. <laughs> 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 I'm dying. That was a good suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that it. Was excellent. Uh, oh, thank you guys. <laughs>